0: Hi and welcome. I'm Sammy and this is the Aligned AF podcast. I'm a functional health coach and exercise scientist and for the last three years have worked with clients all around the world with their PCOS, missing and irregular cycles, fertility concerns, weight loss resistance, and so much more. My goal with this podcast is to share my education and own experiences with hormonal imbalance, bring on guest experts I trust to share their knowledge, and also have my clients come on and share their real-life lived experience with their hormonal imbalances, all to help you gain a better understanding of your hormones and symptoms. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the podcast. Um, I've been keeping this one a little bit secret. Actually, it's not that secret because I only asked her the other day to do it, but I've had this um, want and need to have somebody on the podcast. And if you know me or you've listened to our other podcast, please welcome Tori back to a podcast. Hey, <laughs> are I'm so you? excited
1: to be here. I'm good. How are you today?
0: <laughs> I'm good. It's been like, I want to say a year. Has it been a year, has it been a year? No. I think so. That's wild. I, think, I know. I'm pretty sure it actually has been. I'm just looking at like the last... May 31st, 2022. Are
1: you kidding me?
0: (laughs) 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 Guys, it's a year to the day since we um, did our last podcast together. So, wow. um, Just like have a moment for our anniversary. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: We need to take that moment for sure.
0: (laughs) But. Obviously, like people hear me every two weeks. How are you? What's been happening in Tori's world?
1: I've had a heap going on. I've got massive changes in my business coming. I've been busy with personal stuff. It's been a huge few months. So it's just all happening. I'm really excited for a lot of it. Um, My sort of functional natural medicine business is coming along beautifully but I'm wanting to weave in more of my creative self I'm a writer and a singer a musician I want to get that into my business it's something I'm really passionate about so it's just been yeah it's been busy it's been a really good time lately it's been a really busy
0: 12 months for you I feel and I think um you know for a lot of people that knew you I I almost feel like you've taken like this whole and I mean you and I've talked about this but it's almost like you're like not just recreating like your business and weaving in these parts of you, but it's almost like you've like recreated yourself because for people who used to listen to our old podcast, you were Lauren and mm-hmm. now you are Tori, you know, yes. and you've gone through this amazing change, like not physically, but like emotionally and spiritually. And I think like, that's a massive journey to to take. And you think like, I think I'm like, Oh, like, I've watched you over the last two years going through this. It's been 12 months. Like <laughs> <Yes>. that's, a, <laughs>
1: that's a lot of work in 12 months. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. And I think when you mentioned about coming on the podcast, I was like, what do I want to speak about? And this was what came up, this topic we're doing today, because this has been what's gotten me to where I am. This is what's, yeah. you know, been fundamental to the last 12 months of change for me. And yeah. you know going through that process of figuring out who I am really deeply, you know, dealing with my own traumas, getting yeah. back in contact with my body, like it's been so, so important to my entire journey. So that was massive when we decided what we were going to pick for a topic, yeah. And I think that was the other reason
0: why I wanted, and I don't think I actually said this to you, but this was one of the reasons because I, I saw you – like, you know, we've known each other for what, three years, maybe just over three. Um, And, you know, in the last 12 months has been like the biggest transformation for you. And I feel like it started when you started to do somatics and, you know, like really getting in touch with your body. And then you were like, I remember you just saying like, this doesn't align with me anymore. So I'm now going to do this and this doesn't align. And I think that was one of the reasons why I wanted you to come on and talk about somatics is because I think a lot of people are trying to have that transformation in the space they're currently in and not realize that they actually need to step outside of that space to really take hold and to make moves just like what you've had to do.
1: Yeah, it's it's a massive part of the process, absolutely. And it's just so overlooked, you know, when we work with practitioners, health coaches, naturopaths, and it doesn't matter who it is, so often we're just looking at the, the physical body. We're not looking at the nervous system. We're not looking at emotional wellness. And mm. as someone who's worked, you know, done this for, for five years, and I started to notice like, why aren't people getting better? Like, why isn't the health improving? There is yeah. a piece of the puzzle missing here. Yeah. That was what tweaked for me. That was what really shifted my entire focus across to okay, what is the science of stress? What is the science of the nervous system? What's the science of trauma? Which yeah. then led me into the somatic piece. So yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's massive and it's really really great for some people on this path. It can be the the missing link. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I I love that. I think you know that's that's where I've seen you and that's why I was like I want something that has really impacted you and has allowed you to step into who you are as you know at a soul level to then come on and share that with people so that they then know like it's not just about functional health. It's not just about you know like trying to get from point A to point B. Sometimes you've really got to harness that journey and kind of
1: go along for for that deeper ride. So yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent and that was the thing for me like I've noticed this in my clients where I was starting to see like why why are we only getting them so much better with some of these physical health concerns? What is that missing part? But I was in the same boat. I wasn't getting better either. You know, I was getting better incrementally but nothing where I was like, wow, I feel substantially well, substantially better. And it wasn't until then I went down this rabbit hole that I started to actually feel better. My metabolism started working better. My symptoms got better. And obviously the beauty of then what comes in the personal development as well, yeah. you know, and healing my own trauma and PTSD and those things. So like it's going on to study that and become certified as a trauma informed practitioner yeah. to be able to offer that and support my clients in that way was just, it. it's made so much sense. And it's it's made my business and my passion and my mission so much more important for me as well. You know, it's completely shifted the way that I do things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. that. I'm so excited to just have you back here and like just- Me too. Talking, you know, <laughs> just, oh, it's it's a good feeling. Yes. Um, but before we jump into our episode on somatics and we'll kind of highlight a little, it's not just somatics, we'll, we'll highlight a little bit more, but let's do, so I normally do like a bi-weekly wrap up. So- What has been something that's happened over the last two weeks that's very like exciting
1: for you? Ooh, that's a good question. Let me think what has been happening over the last couple of weeks. i tell you what, this is kind of funny. I have been regularly getting back into the gym, which sounds like so silly, but for me as someone who spent over, and you get this, over a decade, be like, that was part of my identity. That was part of who I was. And then COVID hit and then all of the work on my nervous system hit and then some health stuff and I just completely like stepped away which was so good for me like so good for my wellness and I needed it but yeah. it's just I've not picked back up again and every time I've tried it's felt kind of clunky like I've gotten into the gym and I'm like oh this is exhausting and then I've not come back for a week or two and yeah. now I'm actually back in that routine and I'm loving it and what's fascinating and this will speak to what we're talking about today as well is that I feel great like my body's actually responding really well I'm not yeah. coming out of the gym exhausted like it's just a very different tone. That's because I know my nervous system actually has the capacity for these workouts again. So that's like such a minor thing, but to me, it just feels like really huge. You know what I mean?
0: No, I totally feel you. Cause like with my PCOS, like I still have, like, if I go to the gym and I do too many days in a row, like I get really inflamed and I hold a lot of water. And I remember like, there was just this period, it was probably like six months ago. And I think it was just when I got back from holidays. So obviously I was like de-stressed, I got like two weeks of like three or four days in the gym under my belt. And I was like, this isn't clunky. I'm getting in a rhythm. And then I got back to normal life and my body just went, nope, not doing uh, this.
1: <laughs> so frustrating. Sorry. I feel you. I'm also slightly jealous. <laughs> I get that, I get that. But then I'm in my follicular phase at the moment. So i ask me in a week and I might be like, like, yeah, that did, that didn't last. Like, no.
0: <laughs> like I got to the bottom of my hormone load and it's just that it's not, it's not a thing. I'm just gonna sit on the sit yep. on the couch, wrap up, and watch some Marvel movies instead. 100 <laughs> percent Catch up on some S for you. <laughs> what about well, you? <laughs> it's kind of funny, in line with our um year since we've done the podcast. This feels really 360 for me or 180, whatever the saying is. So the last time that you and I were chit-chatting on a podcast, it was we're selling the house. We're doing, you know, like we're going through, oh my God, guys. There is a story about... 11 days I had to spend in a different suburb of Brisbane. If you live in Brisbane, Eagleby. And that's, that's just like this, this will be good for me because I swear I've still got like some trauma from that place. But um, yeah, I bought a house and we have gone through unconditional. So settlement is the end of June. So it feels, I don't know, it just feels really nice that we, we lined up your podcast episode with my unconditional mm-hmm. timing and I feel like we can wrap the last year in a nice little package and just be yeah. like throw it over your shoulder I'm done with it yeah.
1: <laughs> this is such huge news I'm just so excited obviously guys I was privy to this before but yeah. congratulations <laughs> for like the 80th time it's so exciting and you settle soon which is even more exciting just, and daunting. just so
0: it's. Ex- so excited like we've moved um you know about we're 50 minutes from cbd brisbane cbd at the moment and while that's not like a lot for some people like people who live in brisbane like a lot of our suburbs are quite close to the cbd um and we used to be like 20 minutes so we'll be back to that 20 minute range but we're going to be closer to the bay which is like what hayden and i really wanted um and this house is just like it's so weird like when i saw it i knew it was ours And it all happened like very, like literally, like I think I saw it Friday, open home Saturday, went back on Sunday, offer in Sunday afternoon, offer accepted Tuesday morning, contract Tuesday afternoon, like four days. And it was just like, so this month is going to be the most expensive month of my entire life, but it's okay. (laughs) Uh. Okay. First world world problems, but no, very (laughs) very excited um and it was nice that I was able to announce it on an episode where you're here because I swear yes. that's what you complain about was <laughs> we're trying to sell and I've got to clean and I've got open homes and <laughs> that chapter's finally actually once we've gotten past the move that chapter is finally closed and yeah. it will be it'll be a nice little long yeah, um, long no, I think it's like, um, well, what's today? The 31st. So it's like 28, 28
1: days yeah. until we move. You're basically going to hit end of financial year and then you can close that chapter. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then, you know, life will just pop something else up. So it's it, oh, absolutely.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, so, like no. we were talking about before, you have so much coming up in this next like 18 months. So... It ain't yeah. over yet. I hate to tell you.
0: because <laughs> no, yeah, I was telling Tori like we um we got engaged last year almost again. Like oh no, we got engaged in July, so we've got a a date as such, and we've got a honeymoon booked. So like yeah, the next twelve months is going to be um, a roller coaster. And you know what I'm like on roller coasters? I get motion sickness.
1: <laughs> she does. <laughs> I have witnessed it. <laughs>
0: Our thing is like, so when, because Tori lives in Melbourne, so when Tori comes to Brisbane or Gold Coast, like we go to the theme parks and I have to pop two motion sickness tablets before we even get to the park. And I'm like, I remember there was this one time that I was sitting on a bench, like an adult that takes their child to the amusement park. And I just see Tori like up on this ride, like having the time of her life. And I'm like, if I keep looking at this thing, I'm going to (laughs) vomit.
1: My favorite part about going to theme parks with you is that you're like, yep, yeah, I'm going on that ride, I'm going on the ride. We want to go on it once. And I'm like, I want to go on it another eight times. And you're like, that's enough for me. I'll hold you back.
0: <laughs> and you know what's so sad when we went to the States at Christmas time. I forgot to take my motion sickness tablets. So I got that's on the right. first ride. And guys, if you're from America and you're from California, the tattoo ride on six flags. It's like, no, it should not be allowed. you basically, it's like on a magic carpet. So you're like laying on your stomach as you go, I'm surprised I didn't vomit on someone. And your (laughs) eye, I can just see your eyes light up. You're like, that's my version of heaven. (laughs) Yeah, legitimately. That sounds incredible. (laughs) Well, anyway, I think we could chit chat all day, but let's jump into our episode. So Mm -hmm. this episode is going to explore stress trauma and the nervous system dysregulation impacts on our health um, and then how we can use body-based or somatic practices to to heal that so my first question um, which you know grow on it you know go into any depth or level that you want to but what interested you in going down the somatics route with your practice and how have you seen it help your clients and the people that you work with
1: Yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, I've worked as a functional medicine, natural medicine practitioner now for around five years. Mm -hmm. And throughout that time, my focus, along with all of the normal things that you do in a role like that, has been on emotional wellness, mental wellness. It's been on stress management and self-care and all of those great things that we talk about a lot in this space. But the thing is, I was noticing this really deep trend with my clients that they weren't their physical health concerns weren't getting better. And a lot of the time I was feeling like in our appointments we were running in circles a lot of stress was coming up I was noticing for a lot of people along the road as you know about me and anyone who's listened to our other podcasts knows a lot of body image concerns a lot of disordered eating habits a lot of really um quote-unquote toxic things that were coming up in their lifestyles and and patterns they were falling into that weren't helping them and it didn't seem to help that I was giving say mindset work or saying hey do this particular journaling exercise or go for a walk. Like there were some really basic things that I'd been taught, you know, as a health coach would work and would help. And yet it didn't seem to be doing enough for people. And so that was when I started to notice in myself as well, along with, you know, my own history of body dysmorphia and disordered eating. I was like, why is it that I'm not getting better either. I seem to see this trend across people, across the Mm -hmm. board. And it really pivoted my attention from just like, stress and you know self-care to what is the actual science of the nervous system what is the science behind stress and trauma and what does that do to our physiology like how does that actually change us and make us operate you know and so yeah. that's that's the road i then went down and i went on to study i did a course in trauma and somatics which gave me the grounding in the nervous system science and what dysregulation of that system looks like and became Mm -hmm. trauma-informed so a trauma-informed practitioner is someone who can work with trauma I can't work on trauma um, but it's something that I can then help my clients understand and track and educate so then they can feel really supported and they can rewire their nervous system to become more regulated and to manage their stress better and ultimately like we'll talk about today get their physical health going in the right direction because their nervous system, which is king, is yeah. actually feeling safe and regulated. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it's so like I'm really interested in this
0: space because you know like I've had a lot of issues with my hormones and it's like I've done all the things and I feel like there is this um piece missing. And you know, I've started researching like a couple different areas, like more cellular health and um, more like a deeper level of gut. But somatics is the one thing that I find like the information doesn't seem very, not readily available, but everybody's interpretation of it seems to be the same, but slightly different. And that was one of the reasons Mm -hmm. I'm like, I think if other people are really interested in somatics, because I know after this podcast, I'm going to start to look more deeply into this stuff. It's going to give people that opportunity to where to go looking for that information yes. or the yes. person that they can work with to do it so <laughs> <shameless> <laughs> part of it. great I love it so I guess in that in like what are some truths and like what is important and then like often skimmed over in the context of like our you know human experience and how somatics kind of like links into that and trauma and stress like
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. The thing is, there are a few facts that are really, really brushed over when it comes to, you know, like you said, our human experience. The very yeah. first one is that our mind and body are one. And like this, we know this, the science supports this, but mm-hmm. our culture tends not to want us to support that, right? So yeah. we have this concept that, you know, your body is somewhat out of your control and your mind, you know, is separate to that. And yeah. that is just it's just not true. At the end of the day, our emotional and mental wellness are directly connected to our mm-hmm. physical wellness. So that's like the first overarching thing that I wanted to mention because it's really important to know that that our mind and body are one. Yeah, that is. Yeah key, absolutely key. Then the second thing is that we are wired for survival above all else. That's above reproduction. That's above Mm -hmm. thriving. It is absolutely fundamental to our body that it feels safe to survive in our environment and you would speak to this in other episodes you've talked about in terms of hormones and gut health and all the things like ultimately your body does not care it just wants to know that it can live and survive in the environment that it's in so that's really really important as a fundamental as well so then the third thing is that our threat alert system in our brain so our amygdala is always continually scanning our environment for threats so that is entirely involuntary it's without our conscious control it's something that's always happening it's looking for the basics like you're crossing the street and you're not really concentrating and is there a car coming it's looking for like don't put your you know hand on that hot stove but it's also looking for things like you know what's sammy's facial expression how's her body body language moving like it's looking for those subtle cues as well and it's doing that without us even realizing and that is because it wants to understand are we safe are we threatened or are we in danger that's its priority at the end of the day and so that's happening without your control and this is the part when it comes to that mind-body connection you don't have control over that you can't speak to your brain and say hey you don't need to interpret that as a threat we don't have a choice in that right and so then leading leading on from that the fourth thing is that our nervous system does not speak English. It speaks in sensations and experiences. So this concept of lots of like affirmations and mantras and words that we can speak, you know, cognitively to the body,
0: they're helpful,
1: absolutely, and there is a place for it and we'll talk about that later. But it's not the language that our nervous system speaks. And ultimately if we want to, for want of a better word, rewire, you know, our nervous system's experience of the world, we need to speak in a language that it actually understands and that is through sensation and experience. That is so interesting like I literally have not
0: googled or looked into somatics more because I've been waiting for this episode and I've been waiting for it because Tori and I will like plan a catch-up call and it's always on my list like teach me a little bit more about somatics and we get sidetracked on every other subject under the sun. (laughs) So this is, I don't know, I'm finding like even this, like even just the stuff that you've talked about, like the, like not speaking English, you know, speaking in like sensory, it's just so interesting. And it's true because like, even if you think about like, we, you know, like, yes, we physically see people that we're attracted to, but it's that touch, it's that sensation nice. that then builds on like emotions and, you know, it's, I don't know, it, it makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, for everyone listening, this is so important and it's taken me so long to get my head around this. We're not taught this. That's the thing. Yeah. Like we're very much taught that we live from the neck up, you know, in yeah. terms of our mind being in control. We, yeah. when humans are meaning making animals, you know, we want to understand, we want to conceptualize things. And so that really cuts out the part where we actually listen to our body. And that's a very airy fairy kind of term for it. But ultimately yeah. that sensory experience of our world is is huge in terms of how we interpret what's coming in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's It's so fascinating. It is
0: fascinating. And I know that there's like a lot of pieces to it. So I know that previously, and I'll link um, our previous episode that we did on stress um, in fiercely unfixed, but I know like a lot of this is linked to stress. So do you kind of want to give us a bit of a breakdown of like, what stress is and how it affects our body. Cause I'm assuming that stress is part of, you know, trauma and then somatics is to kind of work on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And one of the reasons why, when I was looking at, you know, how are we going to approach this podcast episode? I was like, I think if we grounded in stress and then we can unpack that, I feel like that's a way for people to really understand because stress has become more of a buzzword across the last decade in terms of what it yeah. means to us, right? Yeah. So basically stress is any perceived threat and that can Mm -hmm. be physical emotional mental like you name it if it challenges our body's ability to survive and then ideally thrive in our environment it's what what we call stress on the system and so that can be like having a really, really busy schedule and having to race out the door in the morning. That can be disordered eating. Sammy's <laughs> got a hand up. Yeah. <laughs> it can be having too much on a plate. It can be screaming kids. It can be, uh, you know, disordered eating habits. It can be really um, unhealthy relationships. It can be past traumas. Like the breadth of what stress is, is huge and it's completely dependent on you and your own personal experience there's no um comparison when it comes to what stress is for someone and I think people get caught up in that I think people get caught up in well that shouldn't be stressful for me you know but ultimately if it's a threat to your system and remembering that your system is dictating that not your not your like concept of what that stress might be, you know, your yeah. body is detecting that all the time. So, if it thinks it's under threat and it's not safe, then it will respond accordingly. Yeah, and so if we are experiencing stress, it completely shifts our physiology because our body is trying to adapt to that stress.
0: Mm. Yeah, so interesting. Okay, so then, how, like, if we're talking about stress, like, do you want to talk a little bit about, like, that? physiology
1: of stress like how it looks in the body yeah yeah for sure so like when it comes to the physiology component like I said it's your body's priority once it detects a threat is to adapt to that which is super intelligent when you think about what the body is trying to do it's trying to survive ultimately it would love to thrive as well so it's really brilliant the body is able to go well i've detected something how do we cope with that what do we need to do to manage under these circumstances we're wired for that and we're wired for it here and there every day and that's totally fine and stress is unavoidable it's always going to come up but what happens in our lives, and everyone experiences this, is that stress can become very chronic, and it can become multiple mm. times a day, and it can become really extensive and prolonged, yeah. and that can then completely shift the way that our body actually functions. Continually, it shifts away from a really regulated, healthy, safe, normal physiology to mm-hmm. then something that is less regulated because it detects that we're under that threat. Yeah, after clearing my throat <laughs> mid-podcast that's <laughs> always the way um so yeah that's kind of the the um physiology component in terms of the why you know so how how does our body do this I suppose is the next big question and so to dive into a little bit of science and we won't go too deep the podcast episode that we did on fiercely unfixed is mm. more in depth around yep. this so Great. If you're going to link it, that's a fantastic episode to look at, but our, our body detects stress via the nervous system. So for everyone who doesn't know about what the nervous system actually is, this is our body's control center. This is the communication system that controls what our body does and how it perceives information. And so this is both voluntary and involuntary. So it's stuff that your body does automatically like I was talking about before. So it's completely in control of those things that, you know, we don't think about. It's breathing, it's heart rate, it's all of those things that happen naturally, you know, without our conscious awareness. The yeah. nervous system is broken down into your central nervous system, which is your brain and your spinal cord. This also includes your amygdala which I mentioned earlier which is a part of your brain that is that threat detection center Um, and it is always scanning the environment like I said via a few different ways and for those threats and it's then communicating that information via the peripheral nervous system which is the rest of the body and that's done through nerves that are connected and it's a two-way highway so it speaks in both directions yeah how are we going so far any thoughts questions <laughs> <laughs> my brain
0: like I, when we have these conversations I'm like my brain just goes straight back to like physiology and like <laughs> just straight back to university but yeah I think it I think understanding like and Tori's really really good at um like explaining this stuff and I think it's because you know like when you're super passionate about something you found a way to like explain it to people in like a way that they'll really understand it. So I think you've broken it down really well. And I think it makes sense to kind of understand from not just like, cause we, I think like, like you said, stress and trauma are very big buzzwords at the moment. And it's good because, you know, we're getting more mental health awareness, but then I think understanding that actual physiology and that foundational layer is so important. So no I love I love the level and explaining kind of like the that foundational response like where stress comes from, how the body perceives it, and all of that kind of stuff so from that,
1: where do we like where do we go from there? Yeah, so we've got we've just spoken about nervous system being broken down into central and peripheral so from yep. there, when our so our brain communicates, something to our peripheral nervous system, we've then got a division called the autonomic nervous system within that peripheral nervous system. Right. And the Mm -hmm. key, the secret is actually in the name. So autonomic. So it's involuntary. You have no control over that. Like we were talking about before, this is your breathing and your heart rate and your blood pressure and your digestion and all of that good stuff. Mm
0: -hmm. And it
1: is really responsive to that threat system. So when it comes to the autonomic nervous system, we then have two more divisions. And I know this sounds complicated, guys, but we're getting to a point here, I promise. So we've got, and a lot of you will have heard this language now that I'm about to talk about. So within the autonomic nervous system, we've got the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. We also, just as a side note, have the enteric nervous system, which is your gut, but we won't talk about that today. So they're yeah. the two <laughs> that I want to focus on. Um, and so we, when we talk about, sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems people most commonly associate sympathetic with fight flight Mm -hmm. and parasympathetic with rest and digest now this is a oversimplification to put it simply Mm -hmm. um and when it comes to the peripheral nervous sorry the parasympathetic nervous system in particular there's a bit more nuance to that it's a bit deeper than that which is something we can potentially chat a bit more about but when we talk about sympathetic this is that fight flight i'm either like um you know, rearing up, gearing up for something in a fight capacity or I'm fleeing and running away and feeling afraid and anxious in a flight capacity. And that's that system that, you know, brings into action adrenaline and cortisol. It's trying to get you activated because it senses a threat. So when we think about this in the context of like a lion hunting its prey in the wild, there Mm -hmm. is that animal that's being hunted has a response to that. And the first line response is that fear, fight, flight, run away, That's the first thing that happens there. And so people know this as you know, worry, fear, you know, feeling that anxiety and nervousness in your system, rapid breathing, feeling tense, you know, fidgeting, restless, that sort of thing. It can also be getting angry and frustrated and, you know, wanting to push people away. These are the sort of fight flight expressions in a human. But obviously yeah. we know like kind of the animal planet channel sort of yeah. style of <laughs> thing where it's like, yeah, you know, David I mean. <laughs> the, yes, the gazelle, you know, sort of thing. So that's what people most commonly think about. And I'll often hear, (laughs) use that well sammy's laughing i'll (laughs) often use that as a as a really great visual of like um this is what's actually happening for for you like if you imagine Mm. yourself as that animal that's being hunted there is a process physiologically your body's going through when it detects a threat and it doesn't matter whether it's a lion or whether it's i need to be out of the house in five minutes it can perceive it the same way because again does speak English your nervous system doesn't understand that it's not yeah. a lion and it's actually just that you're late for work right yeah
0: it's more so, that perception around like yes. uh, like you were saying like the threat it's perceived it and it's not going to be able to associate the difference it's your body's just going to respond because that's the response that happens when it when it yes. um when fear kind of or you know like when that what word am I trying to use? You explain it better. This is why I leave it to you. Okay. So if you're, so like we've got fight or flight. Now yes. I'm the kind of person where I'm like, I won't flight. I'm a fight response, but I'm also dropped to the ground in fear kind of response. Yes. I know I said I wasn't going to ask you a science-based question, but I know a lot of people have this response.
1: So where does that fit in? Okay. I love this question. So we've got that sympathetic element where it's fight flight then from there within the parasympathetic component now most people like i said know this is like rest digest sleep you know healthy regulation but the the parasympathetic branch of your nervous system your autonomic nervous system also has a component called freeze so this is that collapse i can't function it's that state we go into when we're preparing for the worst and so if we're coming back to like the lion and hunting its prey this is the part where it realizes it can't flee it can't fight it has no hope and so it falls to the ground and pretends to be dead and its physiology changes to make the lion think that it's dead as well as everything slows down and so that that's that freeze drop to the ground can't do this anymore Mm -hmm. state that's what can happen there so when we're in a regulated parasympathetic state this is what we call our ventral vagal component of that and this is that rest digest feeling calm getting good rest and then on the flip side of that we have dorsal vagal which is what I just talked about that's the freeze response so we can we can live we can live in any of these responses right and a lot of people do a lot of people are wired up on fight or flight all the time we see that when we look at labs for our adrenals and adrenaline and all of that. We can live in that state if we need to. It creates massive dysregulation in the system, but we can Mm. do that as humans. We can also live in what we call a functional freeze where there is just that degree of like, I'm just going through the motions every day. You know, I'm just getting things done. I feel really disconnected from myself. I feel disconnected from the world, but I'm getting through it. That's that collapse and freeze response in action. and as yeah. you can appreciate that's not a good a nice way to live your life that's not a healthy regulated way to live your life and we miss out on a lot in that space mm-hmm. and this to to put it really broadly this is often seen in depression symptoms that's what we see in a really okay. deep functional freeze response does that answer your question
0: yeah it does um mm-hmm. and i know also there's fawn as well so do you want to touch on that really quickly
1: yeah, absolutely. So there's there's another evolutionary ad- adaptation that humans have called fawn. And so this is actually exactly how it sounds. This is that um, people pleasing, I just want to stay safe, I'll do what people want. That is your fawn response. And it's, it's designed to make sure that you are kept safe by being hyper-focused on other people's, like I was saying earlier, body language, doing what they need and want. It's really all about you staying as safe as you can within the environment you're in by disregarding your own needs and desires and suppressing that so that's what we call a fawn response and it's really really common i see it a lot Mm. in people that dismiss their needs they're just people pleasing they're not listening to themselves and so they're shutting down a lot of their own messaging to just make sure that they stay safe within the environment and when you think about fight flight freeze fawn makes a lot of sense too because if we can live in fight flight and freeze we need something else that allows us to to somewhat survive within this environment so that's that fawn expression the thing that I find really fascinating about fawn especially having come from a background professionally that is centered more in things like body image and eating disorders and that sort of thing is that this is often where I see a lot of issues around self-worth This is where I see a lot of this stuff come up because in order for us to survive in such a complex world, we need to feel like we belong and fit in. Does that make sense? It does. And it's, you know, I was
0: just thinking then, like how many people actually probably live in fawn Cause like you said, you know, it all comes down to our body just wants to survive. So if you're in a situation where you feel that you need to people, please, like I'm I don't want to get too deep, but you know, there's people that live in very uncomfortable households and circumstances with other people in that household. Yeah. You would live in this fawn state because your body's like, you need to survive and you're going to do whatever you need to do and yes. to survive,
1: which exactly. is exactly what
0: you exactly. explained, you know? Yes.
1: And just like the other um, ways that our body copes, these stress responses, fawn has its own dysregulatory effects on the body as well just like the others do because we're not listening that's the thing it's still not regulated mm-hmm. so yeah. that's super important and when we talk about the parasympathy healthy part of the parasympathetic nervous system that ventral vagal component that's where we want to live most of our life and fawn doesn't fall into that category either no yeah. <laughs> yeah well we've covered you know quite a bit of like stress
0: and you know what that looks like on a physiology, uh, physiology foundation.
1: So do you want to kind of talk about trauma? Yes, I would love to talk about trauma. And And like you mentioned, like you mentioned earlier, trauma is a big buzzword at the moment, just like stress and somatics. And I, I feel like it's really important to talk about what trauma actually is. So Trauma is defined, I'm actually reading this out for you, trauma is defined by the lingering psychosomatic, so psychosomatic is mind-body response to overwhelming events and so again like stress this is anything that challenges our body's ability to survive and so what trauma is not is what happened to you. So you might have had traumatic experience occur and again that is very subjective to your own experience that can be extreme Mm. things but that can be really small things as well depending on your regulation and your history It's not about what happened. It's about these lingering effects on the body that we're talking about today. It's that physiological Mm. side and what's been left behind in the wake of that trauma. That's what's really important with this. And I like to stress that because people get very caught up in the what happened rather than the what's left. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does. And I think on either the episode that we
0: did on stress or it might have even been the episode on adrenals, we talked, we did, we did touch a little base on, on trauma. And I remember you and I had a conversation off podcast um, and I said to you, like, and I, I spoke about this in my story, like I had my, I broke up with my boyfriend and then the next day I had my appendix taken out. I was in hospital for seven days on my own. And I remember thinking at the time, like, I hated Every single moment. Like when I think back, I don't think about the breakup. I literally think about, like, because I hate hospitals. I hated hospitals. And I just remember that. And I remember thinking, like, oh, like, you know, it's not trauma, but I think a part of it was because when I actually sat down and started to unpack it, I realized that there was stuff that I was holding on and that's why, you know, people think that it's got to be like a massive car accident or, you know, mm-hmm. something has to happen to somebody that you love for it to be trauma. And it can just literally be. And in, in my head, I was like, this is so small. This was 10 years ago. This was yeah. a surgery, but clearly my body was holding on to something.
1: And this is, this is where like telling your story in that way, this is where the your nervous system doesn't speak English part is really important. Because yeah. like you just said, like in my mind, my thoughts about this were that I, this isn't trauma, it wasn't that bad. This is the part that's really important because you don't decide that your nervous system does and so when it comes to the definitions around whether you want to call something a stress whether you want to call something trauma it's not that's not the important part what's what's important is learning what has been left behind for your body to deal with and like from my perspective thinking about what you went through and knowing the depth of that story I'd be like, of course, that's a trauma on your system. You know, we talk about trauma as being mm. something that's too much, too fast, too soon, or potentially too little. So, you know, being neglected and that sort of thing. And for yeah. you, within that span of, of days, really, we're mm-hmm. talking about days here, to go through such extreme circumstances, mm. it, it is a trauma to your system. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it does. And yeah. so then I guess um, going on, so like – you were saying like trauma is like it happens to not just our mind but our body I'm
1: assuming that like we store trauma is that
0: yeah and this is this is another
1: interesting one because I feel like there's a lot of language we use around these concepts that isn't entirely true so when we talk about like storing it our body doesn't literally take the trauma and put it in the cell right but we (laughs) do have cellular memory we do have body memory and so this is that imprint on our tissues it's the lingering effects of the trauma on our tissues from when something occurred and the way that things shifted ever since that day ever since that thing happened and just for reference as well guys like trauma can be acute, chronic or complex and that means it can be a one off thing, it can be a multiple, you know, varied mm. experience, it can be something that's chronic or prolonged over a long time. So when it comes to that sort of storage of it of the in the body, we see it mostly in in the sense of the way that our physiology and cells had to change to cope with that and the long lasting effects of that. Our fascia can hold trauma i can hold that memory and that's because that fibrous tissue that connective tissue that lines all of our body it Mm -hmm. helps with communication and it can actually basically um lodge within that and that that tissue can become hard and sticky and this is where you know manual therapy massage working with a somatic practitioner yoga that sort of thing that is actually where the stored trauma component the stored memory component can be really helpful because it can help to move what is stuck so that's kind of a little bit on the stored stored memory piece that's so i really want to get into
0: somatics which is you know what this Podcast is about, but I do have a question. I don't think it's science based. I do, <laughs> enough. but okay. So, for instance, like for the last five years, I have had hip issues, and my physio tells me that the fascia is super tight between my knee and my hip, and mm-hmm. it's the only part of me, and it's only on one side that gets tight. So, is this something that is then potentially? Linked to, or my body has cellular memory of something, and that's where it's quote unquote
1: stored. It absolutely could be for sure. Yes, ah, excellent. Yeah,
0: great. Something else to unpack.
1: <laughs> Definitely something to look at. And like that can be because we talked about before that like trauma and stress can be physical. Like that could be you did a really bad injury in that spot, and your body is just it's remembering that, but it could yeah. be more as well. So, yeah, that's a really, yeah. really great example. Really great example. That's it.
0: Yeah. Cause that is something like I've put up, you know, me, like I'm, I'm, I don't put stuff off because I don't want to know. It's almost like I say I'm too busy to, to deal with it, but I've like made a conscious effort to start dealing with stuff more. Um, and that is one thing. And I was like, I've been wondering that. Cause I'm like, I did do an injury to it four or five years ago, but I've always had like, my hips have always been tight. Even like when I was doing like trampolining and gymnastics, it's like, Everything should be tight because it's a full body sport, but it would just be my left hip. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so interesting. Mm -hmm. But in saying that, let's actually get into the topic of this episode. So Mm -hmm. what is somatics?
1: So it was really funny because earlier in the episode, you mentioned feeling like if you say Google somatics that. You, like the information isn't that readily available and yep. that's because when we when we use the word somatics, it's not really telling you that much it's yep. so the the root of the word so soma is an it's ancient greek and it's translated loosely to body but the ancient greeks didn't actually differentiate between mind body and soul so when we actually talk about the soma we're really talking about like encompassing the wholeness of the human mind, body, and soul. So then yeah. somatics is the art and science of working with the soma. It's working with the wholeness of the human inclusive of the body, right? Oh, so when you so type cool. in on Google, like somatics, that's why you don't get like, here's a protocol for that. Like, or here's the definition of that because it's really yeah. a branch. It's a study of, of that wholeness yeah. and that body-mind connection. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does.
0: <laughs> Great. So
1: then- what is like then what is that art like what are we yeah so from there what we're talking about is processing your human experience so tracking all the things we just talked about with stress and trauma and the way your body perceives the world through tuning to your body's messages and cues and what's really key there is that it's your body's messages and cues not your mind's not the way you think about it it's actually starting to learn about What is my physical body, what is my nervous system telling me about what's going on for me? So when we think about talk therapy, so going to see a psychologist or a psychiatrist, any sort of a Uh therapist, that's talk therapy and what we call top-down processing. So so looking at it from the brain, intellectualising things, thinking about it, conceptualising rather than feeling into our soma and feeling into our bodies. That's led in that direction and it has – a beautiful place. Talk therapy is brilliant. It's such a great Mm. thing, a tool that we have. But in some cases where we have that nervous system dysregulation, remembering again that the nervous system doesn't speak English, it's not necessarily what we need. And what we need is a somatic approach where it's bottom up so we're listening to to the body and then processing that information and tuning in to the sensations of our body when certain things occur and tracking that information so it's what we call like our felt sense experience of the world and now and our humanness does that make sense
0: yeah it does it's it's so it's so interesting and it is like this um, for me like i haven't gotten into any of this, you know, like I'm very science-based. And I mean, so is this, but I'm also like kind of getting a bit of an understanding that it's it is science, but it's also like science mixed with like spirituality, because it's yeah. body, mind, soul, like it's yeah. So it's a, it's that next level of understanding. And I think sometimes like where I find like science lacks a little bit is that we want to focus so much on the research and the paper mm-hmm. and you know the experiments. And it's like sometimes the things that we need can't be touched or seen but they can be felt which yes. i'm assuming you know like where somatics is helpful so yeah. can Absolutely. you how can people practice it like where would you say like where do we want to start how can we practice it yeah
1: yeah so again we need to speak in a language it understands so we need to be listening to those body cues so the the very first thing that i suggest is asking a basic question of how can I feel my experience, my feelings, whatever's coming up for you rather than think them. And so that process of being like, for example, um, you know, I can feel that my heart is racing. That's a, yeah. that's a feeling, it's sensation led rather than why is my heart racing? What is going on? What is the story that's happening for me in this moment? It's just noticing. There's two words I love in somatics and that is noticing and tracking. And so being able to actually feel feel what's going on for you rather than think about it and trying to come up with a story and a narrative around it is really helpful so like I said my heart's beating fast rather than why is it racing does that make sense yeah 100% and it's not taught to us it's just not something that we're taught at all to listen into our bodies like that and I know in my own experience it's hard work to learn to do this is really difficult and for a lot of people in the initial stages of practicing a more somatic approach to your body, a lot of like, I'm not feeling anything. I don't know what's happening in my body comes <laughs> up. I'll often sit down and I've been doing this for, I'll often sit down and be like, okay, like today is not my day. All I can feel is that my fingertips are cold. That's all that I can notice today. Yeah. So it takes practice. It takes time and yeah. it takes a lot of patience. You've really got to be patient with yourself in this process, but it's worth it because if we speak in a language that the nervous system understands, and we have dysregulation there from past stresses and traumas, we can rewire that and we can reteach the body how to be safe, how to be regulated within our environment through that sensory language. So, yeah. So it's so interesting. And I just,
0: it's like I said, it's just this, it's this next level and I think, you know, we've both been in this functional health space. Like I think I, I'd i be over three years now, you're five. Like I do, and I see it in my clients and that's why I started looking at more, you know, cellular health and looking more deeper into like gut because, you know, gut is linked to everything. But this is... I feel like this is something that actually does need to be incorporated into more practices, which is what yes. I love. Like, you know, that's where you're going with your business, is, you know, still doing the functional health, but making sure that this is a foundation for people that they're working on this from the beginning
1: to then support the functional side of things. Exactly. And the thing is what we're not taught, especially as practitioners is that your nervous system is king. Like you can do all the gut work, you can do all the hormone work, but if the messaging from the top level, from the brain and the nervous system is Something's not right here. Something's not right every day. It yeah. will change the physiology. It will slow your digestion down. It will alter your hormones because again, it's trying to survive. That's what it's trying to do. So if we're trying to bypass this step, if we're trying to bypass like our nervous system doesn't matter. We'll get to that later kind of attitude. Yeah. You actually won't see an improvement. So that's where for me, it's so, so important. And our, our science is getting there around somatics and around nervous system, but yeah. it's just not quite there yet. We have more on the rest of the system, but that's yeah. just that's just going to take time, you know? And it's yeah. it has to be done when it comes to somatic work and getting back into contact with your body. It has to be done really slowly. It's really important that you don't rush the process when it comes to nervous system work. A really helpful somatic check-in that I love to just start doing once or twice a day is completing the sentence of, In my body, I am feeling, insert your emotion. And in my body, I am experiencing, insert sensations. That might sound like in my body, I'm currently experiencing anxiety. And in my body, I'm experiencing shakiness in my belly. That might be a really good starting point just to separate what's the thought and what's the felt sense experience. What am I actually sensing in my body?
0: Yeah, I love that. And I think, you know, you did say like working through this is going to be done slowly, but what are some ways that people can get in contact with their, Or actually even you've actually written a word word here in our notes, like that reconnection with our body, because I think a lot of us are missing that point. So what are some stuff that people can do for that
1: reconnection? well very first thing is taking note of those sensations so doing something a practice like i mentioned yep. that can be a really quick easy way to start getting in contact and it does not have to be difficult it doesn't have to take you a long time stick yep. a post-it note on your mirror have it as a reminder on your phone you know just to yeah. be like what am i actually what is my body feeling in sensation today what's happening there because we don't do that a lot we go oh i'm hungry or into yeah. yawn you know what I mean like it's those basic things but mm-hmm. actually getting into contact with that um, you can do that in multiple ways you know that might look like meditation that might look like yoga that might look like journaling it might look like getting out into nature it's doing the things that let you have the space and the capacity to actually reconnect with and listen to your body and Interpret its wisdom because it's very wise and it knows what it's doing. So, they're just some really basic examples. I I love, and you and I have chatted about this on podcast episodes on Fierce Land Fix before, you know, whether it's um, shaking, tapping, so emotional freedom technique, breath work mm-hmm. is fantastic. Yeah. I will say with breath work, as a disclaimer, don't dive in the deep end. We won't go into the science of this, but it can be quite intense for people. So, just something mm-hmm. as simple as like, take note of how deeply you're breathing. Are you only breathing into your chest or are you breathing into your belly? Just simple check-ins like that can be really helpful. There are grounding practices you can do. So things like, you know, five things I can see, hear, feel, you know, smell, taste if you wanna go down that road checking in on your surroundings checking in on yourself you know what do i feel like sitting on this chair you know what does this bench top feel like under my fingers you know those things to reconnect you with that sensory experience we've got you know when it comes to um stimulating your vagus nerve and helping you get into rest and digest you can sing and chant and hum and cold exposure any social engagement so laughter hugs play and joy and we don't do a lot of that as adults we don't do a lot of play you know Mm -hmm. having fun having a joke like that's really helpful cuddles with animals cuddles with humans like physical touch is huge um, for some people and which also encompasses like massage and that sort of thing so there's so much you can do in the vein of how do I start to connect with my body's felt sense experience of my humanness that's the key and so yeah, that's, that, they're really the biggest things that I recommend as a starting point. And then like grounding all of that in please be kind to yourself, like have so much compassion because this shit is hard. Like it's really hard and it takes time to cultivate. But yeah. beginning there is a really, really good space. And then beyond that, Working, making sure you're working with a trauma-informed practitioner if you feel like you need it. And if you then want to work on trauma, seeking whether it's therapy or a trauma-centred practitioner like a somatic experiencing practitioner, these people can then help you dive into the depths of what's there for you and what's living in your system um, in terms of trauma and stress and, and memory in the body.
0: So fascinating. And I think a lot of people are missing, even when you were talking through that, Love her. Don't know if she listens to the podcast, but one of my kind of ex client slash friend client, um, this is her. She needs to do this. So if you know, and <laughs> I'm talking about you, which you will, this is what you need to do. Um, because, you know, a, a lot of people do live in like that fight or flight. And like we were just saying, like I've worked with people where I'm like, we have done everything that we can think of functionally. You need to actually go in and put the work, like, you know, some people can commit to doing the work, like focusing on their nutrition, taking their supplements, getting their walks in, taking their water, you know, doing all those foundations. Yeah. But this is actually the harder work. And this is something that's not going to happen overnight. You can't look in the mirror and see physical changes. It's all mental and it's all driven by time and patience.
1: Yes. Absolutely. that's so key and that's why I often we'll say like the first thing to do aside from starting to track and notice is have compassion because it's yeah. hard work but it's worth it. and I speak from like professional experience but also from personal experience with this as well and yeah it can change the ball game because what we're literally trying to do is rewire the physiology so then everything else works more smoothly and you're not under threat.
0: And I mean, speaking from somebody that's seen you go through it, this has changed you, but it's changed you for the better. Like, you know, I, I, you know, was friends with you a year and a half ago when you were just doing functional health, when, you know, you were going by a different name and you have just by doing this work, you, and I think I said this at the beginning of the episode, you've actually stepped into who you are. Like when I talk to you now, there's a different, um, I want to say aura, like there's just a different Mm. aura about you now. And, you know, like, and even if you took away, like the, the difference in your work and, you know, the name change and all of that stuff, even just your aura and how you present yourself, this is, who you're meant to be. And you know, like you only would have gotten to that point from doing this hard work. And like we said, it's 12 months like has been this ever, evol- and it's probably more than that. But the real evolution I've kind
1: of seen is like the last 12 months. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Oh, it's, it's, so it's it's really beautiful to hear. And I I'm so, so grateful that I went down this road. Cause like yeah. it has, you're right, like it's completely shifted my life. Mm-hmm. So like this shit's worth it. If you're kind of like, oh, that sounds hard, like. Just, just give it a go. Start slow. It is so worth it, especially if you're pouring time and money and energy into your health. Yeah. Like, this is the part that might actually be the missing link. Yeah. 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 And I feel like that was that was a big thing for you, wasn't
0: it? Because you did, like if we listen to your story that we did on Fiercely Unfixed, you'd done all the other stuff. You'd done the body image stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you were doing that work, but it was this missing part because – the first two years that I knew you, like, yeah, there were there were little changes, but it wasn't until you really dug into this stuff where we had that massive like yeah. shift for you. So, yes. yeah. you know, talking from, like you said, professional and personal, like, and me being an outsider to that personal it's, and that's why I'm so interested in, you know, just exploring more because like I said, I've been really stuck with my progress And I now have to go, right, functional health is amazing and it's helped me fix a lot of symptoms, but I'm clearly still not at that deep rooted cause and I need to unpack that. So
1: yeah,
0: no, I love it. And thank you so much for, you know, coming on and just sharing, you know, bits and pieces of yourself and all your knowledge. What is two takeaways that you would love somebody to kind of take away from this episode and start to? either unpack or start somewhere
1: oh I love this question I would say start to feel more more rather than think that would be one thing so start to just get into a practice of what is why am I telling myself a story or a narrative around something you know, starting to actually go, what does my body feel? If I chop my head off and I listen to the bottom half, what's going on? So That's one thing. And remembering what I talked about at the start of the episode around mind-body being one, it's so easy for us to go down the rabbit hole of, well, science says that that's not the case, which is actually not true at all, but Mm -hmm. remembering that and keeping in mind that that is is absolutely true. So that would be another massive takeaway. But just practising that noticing and starting to track yourself is huge
0: yeah and I only asked for two but I remember like you said like I think your third one would be have that compassion allow yourself like this is yeah and I think you know for someone who is like I'm very much and I know to some extent maybe not so much now no I think there's still levels of it but like you know that perfectionism that type a kind of yeah you're like it's still there (laughs) (laughs) you know like this is something where I'm always very afraid to start stuff like this because I'm afraid to fail. But this is not about achievements or failing. It's about really learning who you are and, you know what, through failure, like we learn so much more about ourselves. So, you know, don't be don't be afraid to take the jump like because I've mm-hmm. been a little bit afraid, but I'm like, no, now I'm ready. You know, I know more and, you know, there's some starting points that even I'm going to implement. And so just, Yay. yeah, thank you. Thank you for bringing okay. your your knowledge and your wisdom about this and just, you know, being really open to sharing what you've been doing. And um, I'm so excited to see your business grow with this component attached to it because I think it's something that's really missing from our mm-hmm. current yeah the host of products and people that are out there like I
1: think you know this is a big big piece that's missing. Thank you thank you so much for having me on I've loved it it's been great
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's been so good being back together again and I said to her before we got on the podcast that I'm like you you've got to come back for
1: more so oh yeah I'd love to I mean we there's more we can dive into on this topic other topics there's so much we can chat about always yeah (laughs) there's so much that we can cover and you know we
0: we do agree that eventually we would like to bring back fiercely unfixed we just want to both get to a point where we have the ability to be consistent with it and put you know the value and the effort that we want into it so um until we get to that point because even like man, I'm meant to do these every two weeks and I'm pretty sure it was meant to go live yesterday and mm-hmm. we're recording today. And most likely it's not going to go live till Friday. Like life so is exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, um, no, thank you for being on and I look forward to having you back again. Um, but yeah, thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you for joining me on another episode on the Align AF podcast. If you're enjoying the episodes, please share and tag me on Instagram as I love to see it. Also, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on whichever streaming platform you use to make sure you don't miss an episode. Have a question? I'm always here for a chat. You'll find my Instagram handle in the show notes below. Please drop me a message. Until next time. Bye, guys.